Hi, it's Mark Sisson from MarksDailyApple.com. Enjoy this audio narration of a recent MarksDailyApple.com post by Tina Lehman. Subscribe to this podcast channel so you don't miss anything from the blog and read my daily posts on living awesome and much more at MarksDailyApple.com. Post Binge Biology What happens to your body when you overeat? And eight things to do afterward. Tis the season for consumption. Cookies, cakes, and pies abound. Feasts happen on a regular basis. Candy is given and received as gifts. And there are parties immeasurable, at work, with family, with friends, where calorie-dense, rewarding food is handed out like, well, candy. The holiday season is a practice in overeating, and it can be very hard to avoid. You may not want to even avoid it. There's something to be said for letting loose now and again on special occasions, especially when holiday cheer is in the air. But what happens to your body when you overeat? And what can you do about it? The type of overeating most people do across the holidays is high sugar, high fat, and relatively low protein. These are your cakes and cookies, your brownies and fudge, your pie for breakfast. This is the worst kind of overfeeding you can do. Research shows that just six days of high-sugar, high-fat, low-protein overfeeding rapidly increases fat deposition in the liver and muscle. Seven days of overfeeding reduces whole-body insulin sensitivity, inhibits glucose clearance, and impairs endothelial function. If you keep doing it, say, over the course of a month, bad things pile up. You get incredibly insulin-resistant, your liver fat increases, your body weight and overall fat increase. Your C-reactive protein increases, an indication of inflammation. A class of antioxidants called plasmologens also increase, which means your body is fighting oxidative stress. One problem with the studies is that you have to distinguish between quality and quantity. Overfeeding with different foods elicits different effects. For instance, in the study that looked at overfeeding's effect on lipid metabolism, the subjects overate by eating more cookies, potato chips, and cheesecake, and drinking an oil-based liquid supplement. Overeating a bunch of that junk food is different than overeating steak. In fact, research shows that overeating protein has little to no impact on fat or weight gain compared to carbohydrate or fat overfeeding. Another factor to consider is individual variability. Some people are obesity-prone. Others are obesity-resistant. In one study, obesity-prone and obesity-resistant subjects had different responses to three days of overfeeding. The obesity-prone people saw their fat oxidation rates drop during sleep. They burned less fat. The obesity-resistant subjects saw their fat oxidation rates unchanged during sleep. They continued burning fat like normal. So when we talk about the effects of overeating, we have to keep in mind that the effects will differ between individuals and vary if you're eating a pound of roast lamb versus eating a half a pie. But the general point still stands. Overeating can make you gain weight, gain liver weight, induce oxidative stress, cause insulin resistance, increase inflammation, and make you sicker, fatter, and more unwell the longer it goes on.
But am I too late in saying this? Are you already dealing with the effects of excess? Here are eight tips for scaling back and minimizing damage. Number one, favor protein. As explained, overfeeding protein has more neutral metabolic and body composition effects than overeating fat and carbs. Some effects are even positive, like boosts to energy expenditure during the day and during sleep. Load up on the turkey, the lamb, the beef rib roast, and keep portions of mashed potatoes, pumpkin pie, stuffing, candied chestnuts, and cookies more reasonable. One advantage of overeating protein is that eating less of the other stuff tends to happen inadvertently. Number two, eat vinegar. Vinegar, whether it's organic apple cider vinegar with the mother still swimming in it, or standard white vinegar from a two-gallon jug, improves glucose tolerance and keeps postprandial hyperglycemia and insulin tamped down. The trick is eating the vinegar, maybe a side salad before the big meal dressed with a vinegary dressing, 20 to 30 minutes before you overindulge. This is most relevant for meals containing carbohydrate. Number three, exercise. No, exercising after overeating is not binge behavior or evidence of an eating disorder for most people. It's simply physiological common sense. You consume a ton of calories, calories in excess of what your mitochondria can process and convert to energy. What makes more physiological sense? Just sitting there, letting that extra energy circulate and eventually accumulate on your body? Or creating an energy deficit so that the extra energy is utilized? This isn't about calories per se. It's about throwing a ton of energy toward your mitochondria and giving them a job to do or letting them languish in disuse. It's not about weight gain necessarily. It's about energy excess and the oxidative stress and inflammation that results. It's about not being wasteful. If you introduce a ton of energy and then do nothing, you're wasting that potential. Besides, research shows that exercise counteracts the short-term negative effects of overfeeding including countering the negative epigenetic effects seen in the adipose tissue of overconsumers. The best time to exercise is immediately after eating. Of course, I wouldn't suggest doing an intense CrossFit workout with a belly full of food, but something like the several sets of 10 push-ups, squats, lunges, and sit-ups in one study done immediately after does the trick. Number four, accept it as a positive experience and move on. That overeating induces oxidative stress enough to trigger the release of antioxidant compounds may mean the occasional acute bout of overeating can act as a hormetic stressor that makes you stronger in the long run, provided it stays acute and hormetic. It could actually be good to overeat once in a while. Yeah, go with that. Number five, have some black tea. I just did a big definitive guide to tea, and it turns out another benefit of the stuff is that it actually speeds up digestion after eating. It beats alcohol, espresso, and everything else that people tell you helps digestion. Number six, go for a walk. Right after you overeat, a 20 to 30 minute walk will reduce blood glucose and speed up gastric emptying helping you process the meal much faster and reducing the feeling of fullness. Longer walks are even better and can also reduce the postprandial insulin spike. 
It has to be immediately after, though. Waiting even 30 minutes will suppress the effects. Number seven, get out into the cold. It's the perfect season for cold exposure in most places. Even mild cold exposure, just 18 degrees Celsius or 64.4 degrees Fahrenheit for 2.5 hours, is enough to increase energy expenditure without increasing hunger or subsequent food intake. That's downright comfortable for a lot of people. If you went out into sub-50 degree Fahrenheit weather, I bet you could get the same effects even faster. And number eight, don't throw in the towel and continue overeating for the foreseeable future or until New Year. A consistent finding in the literature is that people gain weight during the holidays and never quite lose it. They don't do this because they had an extra slice of pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving or five cookies on Christmas morning. They gain and retain the weight because they consistently overindulge for the entire duration of the holidays. They figure, oh, I ate badly yesterday, which means this week is shot. I'll just do better next Monday and keep that mindset going for months. Well, one way to break the cycle is to stop that this week slash month is shot mindset. No, just because you ate badly yesterday doesn't mean you should eat badly today and tomorrow. That will compound your problems and dig an even deeper hole. Stop overeating immediately. Overeating happens. It's okay, or even beneficial if used judiciously. There's nothing like filling your belly with your grandma's signature dish, or really letting loose with your favorite people in the world. Humans are feasters by nature. We like to make merry and eat big to ring in the good times. Just make sure you contrast it with leaner days. Intermittent fasting around the holidays is great for this. A feast no longer qualifies as a feast if you do it consistently. A party's not a party if you party every day. Contrast is the stuff of life. Heed that rule and all will be well. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy your day. 